We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. What's up, freaks? How we doing this week? Uh, I'm your host, Zach Henson, back here again for the Rebel Mind podcast. And how did everything go this week? How are you guys doing? Where's the physicality at? Where's the mentality at? Where's the spirituality at? Um, I always talk about balance, and that balance comes into how we take care of ourselves, how we allow ourselves to be present. Um, the way that we show up for the way we need to perform and the way that we handle our pain. Hint, hint. This is kind of getting at something that's coming up. But, uh, you know, I, I read a book a couple years ago called The Artist's Way. And I think in general for everybody, as you read as, you know, for self-improvement, I think that you pick up on at least one or two things from each book that stands out that sticks with you. And one of the greatest things that I read from this book called The Artist's Way was this ability to date myself, to set aside time once a week to make sure that I take care of myself. And I did attempt that. Um, I was successful a lot of times. I failed a lot of times. But what it came to be, just like journaling, is that I found this adaptation to my character because it didn't come down to what I was doing for myself. It came down to the mindset that I had around what I was giving for myself, what I was giving to myself. Does that make sense? So it wasn't about what I was doing. It was about what I allowed myself to be and what I allowed myself to have. I was allowing myself, I am allowing myself to have time away from my work without feeling shame to have time away from everybody else in order to just be on my own. And even as an extrovert, I found that that brings me closer to balance. You know, I don't think it matters at what percentage you allow yourself space from the world, whether you're introverted or extroverted. I think it depends on what your balance is based on. And I figured out that even if I have... it. it forces me to make sure that I have time for myself, even if I, I get overloaded or I uh, make some excuses or make a, some procrastination about something and I don't get things done, I still have to allow myself that one day a week that is just for me to detach, to not feel guilty, to not feel ashamed, to not feel like I'm behind. And it's been one of the hardest things I have ever done. And if it's something that you want to try, I highly, highly suggest it. Um, just in a way to know that in your mind you have something every week that is just for you, that 
allows you to release the pressure of the rest of the world and everything that you're after. Now, this isn't for everybody, but it definitely works for me, and it makes me better at what I do. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention was this growth. Like, growth takes a lot of time. And I know I ask you every week how you're doing, you know, uh, in the most vague of terms, physical, mental, spiritual, emotionally. I know I ask that very vaguely, but I ask that in order to get you to potentially pay attention to what's going on, to become aware of where you're at, you know, to put a little bit of pressure on you to think uh, about what it is that you're after. And if you are habitually uh, staying in one place or if you're habitually chasing after what you want. Now, the hard part is you're going to have people, I myself don't have people that tell me that I can't make it. I have passive-aggressive, subtle things that happen, people saying, I know this is what you're after, but make sure you do this. I know this is what you're after, but don't forget about this. And I know this is what you're after, but make sure you have a plan B, blah, 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 right? And it brings a little bit of twinge of pain. But as you grow, the people around you will either release themselves from you or you from them, more or less, or you'll see that they'll stop asking they start to understand where it is that you're at now as we go into this episode i want everybody out there to know that i am not going to feed you all of the positive things all the time that's not the point of this podcast that's not the point of balance i'm going to bring up things that are hard I'm going to bring up things that are uncomfortable. I'm going to bring up things that are dark. I'm going to bring up things that you don't want to fucking listen to. And if you don't want to listen to them, you have the ability to turn away. You have the ability to not listen to it. But I will not bullshit you. I will not leave you without the dark things. I will not leave you in a position where you don't have to question things, where you only have to pay attention to the positive. Because... Growth does not come without the darkness, and I want you to know that, and I am going to continue to bring up things that are uncomfortable, that are hard to hear, that you don't want to hear. Most of the time, I don't want to hear this stuff either, but if we recognize what's in our shadow, if we recognize the difficult things that are out there, if we question the shit out of things that stand in our way, including ourselves, if we question the fuck out of all of it we will find answers that we may have never known we were, were there all right and this episode kind of digs into that a little bit because i am going to talk about the recently passed father's day and i'll tell you a little bit about why it's difficult for me and how the mindset of <laughs> maybe being a without a father can hit men, especially men of today. So without giving you too much, let's get into this episode. Backtracking again, this is episode 63, Words for the Fatherless Sons. I, uh, I like to think that I'm pretty fearless in the things that I've practiced, the things that I continue to do in order to not just be my best, but to truly be be myself. But frankly, honestly, 
I get scared to put on particular pieces sometimes for this for the show. There's still a small library of things that I have yet to bring out in discussion, actually. And uh, and they'll show their colors soon enough. But just like any human, I, just like any human, have fear about something that I feel would really get some pushback. I think we're all afraid of things like that. But something I always try to remember is that not everyone has to agree with me. And many won't because of our difference in experience. It's my own abrasive journey in embracing my own power and my own voice. And I know what this last holiday was. Father's Day is a huge day of appreciation. I I definitely get it. As it should be. But for me personally, it put a bit of a, a bitter taste in my mouth. Like, Father's Day put bit in bitter <laughs> for, for me. So today's question is, as a child without a parent, as a student without a teacher, a Padawan without a Jedi Master, how do you feel about these days? I question you to question every holiday. But let's stick to this one. Truly, I'm asking you to reflect. I'm asking you to step back from the obligation of holiday celebration and ask yourself, do you celebrate events and people one day a year because you're expected to, because it's obligatory, or do you do it for the true recognition of an amazing human or an amazing event? Look, number one, I'm not a father. Not unless you count Thor, (laughs) my 11-year-old Pitbull Dashin mix. And two, the relationship my own father has been stable at best and on the verge of being canceled at the worst. And maybe I speak out in retaliation only to be the outsider. Maybe I question things only because I can. I'll let you decide that. But I don't speak today to take anything away from fathers. I think recognition of what we put hard work into is a validation of being a flawed and yet awesome human. To be a father has to be one of the most rewarding things in the world. To be a parent has to be one of the most rewarding And without being one, I doubt anyone can understand what that means, especially me. So, to all the men that have had great fathers, and who are great fathers, I definitely applaud you. I promise you that. No sarcasm. I respect you. I admire you. And that's also exactly why I must speak up today. Because there are many men out there that were fatherless, that are fatherless. Fatherless on subtle to drastic scales, too. And I have to speak up for them. I have to let them know that they are not alone. I can't leave men behind that didn't have the influencer to teach them how to be men because I didn't have my own. To the men that so many days of their lives still feel like boys and put on masks every morning as they get out of bed in order to look the part the world asks for. I see you. I understand your struggle, and I've felt the same thing that you have. Life approaches you differently when you didn't have a guidance system. When a world of chaos asks you to make decisions and makes you feel as if you're playing a Russian roulette with those decisions. When you wince at every trigger pull. The way the mind works around being fatherless or having a father that is physically or emotionally never present can be one of pain and shame 
and unworthiness. A father in many ways is more important than we understand, and it's expected of these men to grow up and catch up, rather than understanding, assessing, and bring antidote to them and the fucking problem. I think boys do need fathers, as long as I've gone without my own, but it won't mean that boys and men without them are lost. So let's talk about the mindset that we face as fatherless men. I've been working with men, antagonizing men, and provoking men for the last couple of years for my own selfish reasons, probably. Um, I've done it to find my own true power, to know that I am an equal, because as a fatherless man, there's a high potential to see yourself as less than. And I'll get to why here in a minute, but I had to be able to know that I could question other men, that I could state my opinion, state my ground without being put to death. But I also wanted to do something majorly important to bring men out of the red stained glasses that they have been taught to wear. A lot of men have been told to hold up the armor, to swing the sword, to never surrender, and to never give mercy. But after a while, the human side of us the side that has emotions and insecurities, passions, uh, desires, and weak moments, it eventually will surface, and it will surface in every man. And in ways that give us the stereotype of being violent, clueless, careless, bullheaded humans. We're not. Truly, we are not. The true depths of men as a whole has yet to be fully tapped into. As a society of potentially great men, we have so much potential to be the greatest of leaders, lovers, and supporters from either side of the spectrum. So to my point, I truly provoke men in order to crack their exteriors, and I'm fessing up to it, enough to get them to question themselves, because that's why we're here. We, all of us, men and women, are here to question the fuck out of the world, and it starts with questioning ourselves a weakness that all of us men must fight daily. The mind of the fatherless man, though, can be a realm of chaos without direction. And why? Because boys without a present father had so much energy and action and character to release, yet nothing to bounce off of, nothing to bottleneck it, nothing to direct that action, and nothing to guide them into mission. They didn't have the abrasion to humble them, to get them to think critically, to give them something to fight for rather than just fight. As boys, we can see ourselves as less than when we don't have a father to stand us up, to build our confidence, to help us regain our footing. We compare ourselves to others and can't understand why we are not the same. We begin to belittle ourselves, shame ourselves, and can retreat away from challenge and standing up for ourselves because we don't have anybody to stand up for us. And before we know that we can stand up for ourselves, without the quote-unquote father figure to support who we are, without them to have strong conversations and to tell us that we are strong, that tell us to be ourselves and to stand up to other boys that try to tear us down, to tell us when to fight and when to walk away, to tell us that we are right in our intentions. As I grew up, my very distant relationship with my own father fell apart. Just as I was growing into a man, our already distant relationship was dissolved by anger and intimidation on his side and fear and cowardice on my own. I ran away because I knew that I could. 
2,000 miles makes it really easy to hold a grudge and keep myself from having to face my own father and come to an understanding with him. So, I suppressed everything that my father was to me, but out of pain and resentment, I buried everything about him that hurt me, as well as everything that gave us bond, if any. For three years, we had no contact, no conversation, no influence, nothing for me to rub against, and I barely let him in after that. And little did I know, or any teenager without a father may have experienced, that I had lost the friction that would have made me strong. I gave in to everything that got me accepted and loved, and lost all touch with my own power. I was a clown. I was a jester. I was something else created by other people. I was submissive, timid, and without any self-belief. And it's not all bad. I attached to many great things. I had great practice with empathy and understanding and patience and love. So many things that I learned by watching and learning from my mother, actually. But as I've talked about before, we, all of us, can be truly out of balance when we only have one position of guidance. When the masculine is missing the match of the feminine. When the feminine is missing the match of the masculine. To only know the feminine leaves us boys questioning what we are supposed to do with all of our energy and our outgoing character. And by so many others, we're told to suppress it, to leave it unacknowledged, to dissolve it. We have no wisdom, no experience in which to give us light to how to hone ourselves in, how to be ourselves, how to be foundationally strong, how to be steadfast, how to face the challenges. So as in any survival method, we go to the next best thing, our peers. You know, the, the ones who are fucking up just as much as we are. The ones that have no clue just as much as we do. And there may be a great many things we learn from our peers, but we unknowingly were only learning how to remain children. We had no initiation, no father to test our abilities. So we become chaos or we become dormant. We become a hyper-masculine man who uses attitude and ego and objectifies the world for our own gain. Or we become a submissive, manipulating others with unthreatening demeanor and accommodating selflessness and pseudo-truth in order to get our own needs for love and validation met. Of course, this doesn't include all men. And this definitely doesn't include all fatherless men. The purpose of the Rebel-Minded podcast is to empower us all. But one thing that I will not do is give only the positive potential and the motivational parts of success without also recognizing the demons in us. The truth about the human experience is that we all hide things in our shadow. As Robert Augustus Master speaks of, we cannot be our best, we cannot love, and we cannot contribute to the world at its highest potential without facing our demons, seeing where we are fucked up, wrong and unhealthy, Something that our male role models can help us face. It's not a popular position, bringing our flaws and darkness to the forefront, but I refuse to be a positivity princess. I will not do it. Seneca speaks of facing the fear of death, of real physical death, to give recognition to its existence, because to do so gives us power to live more vibrantly. And to end, to all of the sons without fathers, to all of the sons who grew up unknowingly seeking wisdom and direction and the approval to be powerful men, you are not alone, and you are not lost. What you seek is out there. 
You are not lost because you didn't have what you needed when you didn't know you needed it. The father you need, the guidance system, the men that will give you approval to be powerful, they exist. Stop waiting for the world to give you what you need and go out and find it. And the next Father's Day, thank the men that have helped you hone your masculinity and your value. Men that physically stand at your side and the men that don't. Don't give up on yourself. A fatherless man is not less of a man. He just has to learn growth from the other side of that spectrum. I'm here with you. Let's fucking do this. This one was for all the fatherless men. Stay strong and stay rebel-minded, gentlemen. This is your host, Zach. Out. Here we are again. At the end. I'm starting to tear up a little bit. And I just want you to know that I'm going to miss you. And I appreciate you. And I love you. And I hope that whatever you're after, you keep fighting for it. Your experience is uniquely your own. And so that means so are the challenges that you face. Stay strong and don't let anyone diminish who you are or what you dream of being. As your friend and fellow flawed human, stay rebel-minded, my friends. Until next time.